It's Blamo, a podcast exploring the world of fashion with the personalities that shape it. I'm your host, Jeremy Kirkland. My guest this week is the stylist Aloria Urbanati. Aloria is the stylist for, okay, are you ready? The Rock, Donald Glover, Chris Evans, Bradley Cooper, Tom Hiddleston, Ryan Reynolds, Army Hammer, Riz Ahmed, Joel Edgerton, Joel... You know what? I'm just going to stop there because I'll never get to the interview if I read them all. Look, she dresses pretty much all your favorite actors. Aloria and I discuss how she became one of Hollywood's top stylists, hint she works her ass off, why she's been feeling the 70s recently, and how there's a secret chat group of all the stylists. I'm not kidding. Ready? Let's do it. So you are one of the many people who I have maybe pronounced your name about 10 times right and wrong at the... <laughs> you, you and everybody else. Ilaria. 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 Because you're Italian. Ilaria Urbinati. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ilaria. That's amazing. Urbinati. Okay. That's the it's, American Yeah. Way. Well, that's what I said downstairs. <laughs> um, thank you so much for chatting with me on the pod. Thanks for having me. Am I speaking close enough into the mic? You're unbelievable. I couldn't be happier. If I could, I would be jumping for joy, but I'm sitting in a chair. We were just talking about Joe Rogan. I, I always watch, and there's always like the one guest who doesn't speak close enough to the mic, and I'm always like, closer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is a lot of times when people are chatting, they get really comfy and the mic falls. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. Um, anywho. Anywho. So you're in town because you were, you just dressed Donald Glover, who looked fire Thanks. on SNL and Thanks. you're doing the Met Ball. Yeah. And obviously there's a number of reasons why we're having you on. Um, you're a stylist. You ran one of my favorite shops ever, RIP Confederacy out of LA. Confederacy. Um, with you and Albert Hammond Jr.? Yeah. Well, no, I owned the store with Danny Masterson, and then me and Albert did a collaboration for the store. It was a suit line oh. called Albert Hammond Jr. for Confederacy. There you go. Yeah. Fire. But it was an incredible shop. It was Thank kind you. of ahead of its time. It was. It was really special. Yeah. And it was also like a men's shop back when everybody was way more focused on women's, and now I feel like men's wear is sort of a bigger part of the conversation yeah because i mean i think i know most of your clients but and they're men they're i have some girls but i mostly do men i do you want me to tell you sure, you can list them I all listing? i mean if you want to flex you can flex because you work with some <laughs> badass people let's see i have who do i have i have bradley cooper ryan reynolds chris evans whose play i just went to see on broadway yesterday it was amazing thoughts the lobby it was badass it was amazing it was kenneth lonergan wrote it and it's incredible yeah. Speaking of Kenneth Lonergan, I also work with Casey Affleck. Okay. Ben Affleck, um, Tom Hiddleston, Donald Glover, Rami Malek, Alden Renrick, who's the new Han Solo. Yeah. Um, let's see, Will Arnett, uh, James Marsden. The Rock. The Rock. Oh, I love The Rock. I love DJ. Um, and then I have, let me think. Hold on, there's more. There's like Nick Robinson and Dylan Minnette and Army just, Hammer. Army Hammer, thank you. Yeah, yeah. who wore that red velvet tux to the Oscars, which is my favorite thing ever. Yep. Um, it just it keeps going. It yeah, keeps I mean, basically, like, is there anyone that you don't work with right now? I mean, it's yes. There's more. I could have more. I take them all. Um, no, not all. Uh, the women I dress with, I work with Shailene Woodley. Yes. Uh, Kristen Ritter, Jenny Slate. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who's like my little baby muse, my little unicorn. She's heaven. Oh, my God. So I want to jump back to the beginning real quick. 
Uh, you're, are you originally from Italy? Like, did you? Yeah. So I was born in Rome. Okay. I lived there till I was five. Then my parents split. I moved to Paris. And I lived in Paris until I was maybe 12. And then I moved to LA. Right. Went to school there. And then when I, and then I got shipped off to boarding school with the other bad kids. And then when I was in boarding school, my mom moved to New York. Okay. So I would come home, but it would be to New York. So I'd be like on spring break in New York and so bummed because I didn't, <laughs> all my friends were Are you LA. holding coffee out? Huh? I said, are you holding coffee? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> okay. Definitely not. I'm not that cool, but I do love Salinger. And that's not my favorite book of his, but I'd rather be like Franny. Franny. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> every girl thinks she's Franny. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the big cliche. Um, yeah, no. And then we moved back to LA and then eventually I kind of went back and forth between Williamsburg and LA and now I'm just full time in LA. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, that's a pretty metropolitan life background. What sort of work do your parents do? My mother is an art dealer. Oh. So she, um, start, my grandfather's an art dealer. So he started that. And then my mom had a gallery I mean, she worked as an art dealer in Rome and then Paris and, mm-hmm. um, was really successful. And when we moved to LA, she opened a really important gallery there. And, um, my grandfather too. I mean, we're talking like they sell like Picassos and Obadiah. Yeah. Like, okay. You know, little guys <laughs> you've heard of, like, I don't even know, just yeah. like a million of them. And then my father is a photographer. Okay. And my, um, aunt, I, they're all in the arts. My aunt's a gotcha. designer. My sister is a designer. She designs for, um, Celine. And she's been everywhere. She's been at Balenciaga and she's been all over. And then she's a big wardrobe designer. So she did all the wardrobe for Call Me By Your Name. Which was fire. Which yeah, basically inspired what I'm wearing right now. Oh, very good. There you go. <laughs> and Army was in that. And uh, yeah, my her, my brother-in-law produces all of Luca Guadagnini's movies. Uh-huh. And so they did A Bigger Splash. They did Call Me By Your Name. Now they're doing Suspiria, which my dad's in it. And he's naked in it. I, in an orgy scene with Dakota Johnson. Holy moly. It's really upsetting. <laughs> There's an icebreaker for like your <laughs> next party. In it. So... Oh no, I was at a party and Dakota came up to me and she goes, I've seen your dad naked. Bye. And like runs off. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so wow. traumatizing. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I can't have any good thoughts about. So my yeah. Dad. So everybody <laughs> in my family is basically in the arts of some kind. Yeah. Cause I was wondering where, I mean, I, I guess, like, people don't really go to school to be a stylist or no. a shop owner or anything like that. I started out basically after high school. I, I actually wanted to be a writer. I was always in, right, into writing all my life. And then I needed a job after school, mm-hmm. after high school. And I my aunt had a really awesome store in the 90s on Sunset Plaza, back when Sunset Plaza was, like, the place to shop. For sure. And... um she brought out a lot of these like really big designers to LA for the first time, like Helmut Lang and Balenciaga and Martin Margiela and Anne Demila Meister and Comme des Garçons. Like she was sort of the first. So she was a big deal. The store was amazing. All this, like the few stylists that even existed at the time, because it wasn't really a profession. Right. But it was like the stylists for the Rolling Stones and like people like that. They would all come shop there. And um, she w- wouldn't hire me. 
because we don't believe in nepotism in my family, apparently. And so I went and got a job working for Fred Siegel, or Ron Herman, I should say. Yeah. I became their number one salesperson. I remember I was so good. I, I like. Wait, how old were you when this was happening? 17. Oh, my God. I remember I got into an accident, broke my arm, and had to go to the hospital. And they were like, don't come to work. And I was like, I'm coming to work. And I, went to work. <laughs> I, was, I was very disciplined. So I worked there, became their number one salesperson. And then my aunt was like, okay, fine, come work for me. And then I sort of revived the store because the store had been open for a really long time at the time and it kind of needed like a little bit of fresh blood. Right. And I was like, I wasn't a party girl in the sense that I, because I never, I never drank or did anything, but I went out a lot. So I would be like the sober person at the party who was making friends, (laughs) you know? So I had all these friends and they would all come shop at the store and it was just kind of this whole thing. And then I quit because I was like, I'm I'm a writer. I can't work in fashion. And then I got, was broke. And then, and then I did a McDonald's commercial, <laughs> and oh that got me by for like another six months. I Wait, mean, I was you styled for a McDonald's commercial. Or no, you were just I in like it? was in it. Oh, of course, because they were like needed an <laughs> Italian speaking person because oh. it was like for the Olympics. Prego. Anyway, and I was just so broke all the time. Like all, all I remember from my twenties is just being poor and like getting my car towed because I wouldn't pay my parking tickets and there was like no parking in my apartment I remember like sneaking through the window of my apartment because I was trying to avoid my landlord because I was always behind on rent I would eat like ramen noodles oh jeez it was it was bleak it was bleak uh I had this like little studio apartment in Hollywood it was really cute I live right by there now too there you go not in a bleak apartment (laughs) thank Thank god God. yeah (laughs) but so Anyway, and so I did that for a long time, and then I was like, all right, fuck. I was like, it's time to get a job again. So then I went back into retail, and then I was, became a buyer for a store called Satine. It was really successful. And then this actress, Mia Kirshner, who was on that show, The L Word. Yeah. And Showtime came in. The show had been on for, like, one season. It was super successful, but the clothes were pretty, like whatever you know and they wanted it to be like sex in the city with lesbians (laughs) so they were interviewing all these stylists i had never styled like a day of my life so i was like i'll never get it so i just kind of went in very opinionated you know when you don't think you have anything to lose because there's no way they're going to give it to you anyway you just go in i was went in very bossy i was like i don't know why this girl's wearing this this is terrible she should be wearing this (laughs) i just went in very like and of course I got the job. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I did that, and it was hell. It was like styling boot camp because there was 10 women on the show and two guys. Okay. And they each had five wardrobe changes about per episode. So there's, you know, 10 women, five outfits That's each per episode. Looks. That's like, you know, every week there's a new episode. It was a lot. And I was flying back and forth between L.A. and Vancouver. Canada, they don't like me. They never want to let me in. So every oh, single no. week, I would be like traumatized at the airport because they would treat me like a terrorist trying to come into the country with my like eighty boxes of clothes. Oh my god! Yeah, it was awful. And then, and my best friend was my assistant, who you just met, Jessica. Oh my god! And um, yeah, I did that, and then I hated it, so I quit. But it was so much money. They would pay me like they didn't. They had never done anything like it, so they had never hired a stylist for a show. They, they did you have to wardrobe. be union? No, because they had the wardrobe person oh. on the show. By the way, hates me to this day. <laughs> Hi, Cynthia. Um, and he, yeah, I did an interview with New York Times one time, and I said I styled the L word, which actually my official title was like wardrobe consultant. They sure. had to do that because of their union rules. Right. And sh- this woman like called into the New York Times and like made them f- tra- <laughs> post like a 
correction. Oh, fudge. That I was not the stylist, even though I was. So that's okay. Yeah, some of the union stuff's pretty wild. Yeah. But it was a nightmare. I was, you know, I was like 23 and never styled anything in my life. This woman was like a ward- veteran wardrobe designer. And here I come, like 23, like, hi. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and you can dress the extras. And da, da, da. So I get it. I get why she hated me. But it was also not my fault. Like, it hadn't been me. It, it would have been someone else. Sure. Know? Anyway, whatever. It was a nightmare. And <laughs> um, the job was a total nightmare. And then, but there was this actor, Eric Lively, on the show, who's, by the way, Blake Lively's. Yeah, brother, and he was great. And he, I kept putting him in like all these menswear brands that like you don't see ever on TV, like Come to Garcon and Marc Jacobs and all this stuff. And he kept getting like best dressed man on television. And out of all the ten women, he was the one getting all the attention for the clothes. So I was like, okay, maybe there's something there. Like maybe I have a knack for menswear. Oh. And then I had a friend who had a magazine called Mean Mean Magazine. Mean like Ger. Yeah. Okay. But it was cool. It was like very punk rock. He came from like, he worked for the Beastie Boys and stuff. So it had this like kind of edge to it. Oh, it was sick. cool. And it was a lot of men in it. So I would, he would hire me to style all the men's shoots. Like I worked with like Emil Hirsch and James McAvoy and all these guys. And that's sort of how I got my start. Right. Working with men. And then, you know, I opened my own store with Danny Confederacy and then. I mean, this is basically just like one lily pad to the next. It is. It, it is. It's true. And all I wanted to do was like sit in my room and write on my like typewriter and be like the next a Hemingway. slave to your art. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do is be <laughs> broke, eat ramen noodles and type. Uh, no. So then I, yeah. And then Danny was, had done a movie with Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. called Yes Man, Jim Carrey. Right. And so we asked Bradley, which was like pre hangover. Yeah, this is before he becomes was, like he, one of the biggest guys. It was in about Hollywood. to come out. And he asked yeah. Bradley to host our opening for Confederacy. So Bradley comes, I meet him. Danny's like, You should hire her as your stylist. And Bradley's like, Cool, the hangover press starts tomorrow. Can you come over tomorrow? Oh my and Lord. I had one day to get all the clothes for his entire press tour. And I was friends with this amazing designer friend of mine at the time called Simon Spur, who is now designing for Eidos. Yeah. I think he's amazing. Um, I just went to his launch last week. Anyway, so I went, I called Simon, and he was, Simon was doing three-piece suits at the time, which no one was doing. I remember that, because he was, like, taking some of the purple label stuff that he was doing. Yeah, exactly. And so I put all these three-piece suits on Bradley, which at the time, I remember even him at the time, he was like, really? Three-piece? And I was like, yeah, do it. And people freaked out and became, like, a big deal. And It was, like, three-piece, no tie, too, right? It was, like, three-piece, no tie, just very, like, swagger. He was... He looks so dope. He looks so good, and it was like <laughs> the hangover launched him overnight. Yeah. And that sort of launched my career, and, and, and you know, so we kind of like, it was just that timing of like he blew up, and it kind of helped me a lot as well. And you Right. Know. One of the things uh, that was really important for me to talk to you about on yeah. this is I feel that a lot of people don't really have a full understanding of how difficult and how grueling it is to Styling. be a stylist. It's a lot. Especially in this They have Instagram. no idea. No. They, they think, and like, look, I, I, we probably blame ourselves. Like, yeah, we sure, we sure make it look glamorous on Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say on Instagram, <laughs> it looks like, oh, I'm hanging out with these, you know, cool celebrities. I'm picking out the greatest like, Here's clothes. me backstage at SNL. Yeah. What you didn't see is me boarding the airplane to come to New York and literally getting the calls about like, hey, they totally changed the monologue and now he needs 
complete different outfit and he needs two of them and he needed it by tomorrow. Oh my lord. As I'm literally boarding the plane. Oh my god. We made it happen. Yeah, you Obviously, did. That's what we do. Good call on the But uh, that brown wide velvet pants. jacket was not intended to be the original outfit. But now I'm so happy. I feel like it's such a sort of epic look. Yeah, the peak like, lapel little, with the tank top. Iconic, yeah. And the chains. Oh yeah, the 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 tank top which we which is which we call a wife beater and we try to come up with different names for it because it's such a terrible name, but I don't That's know true. what else to call it. Cool but guy, so he wore like the wife beater guy. for the entire thing. Yeah. That's our that's our thing right now. He the, had this kind of like Cuban sort of yeah. for lack of a better term, because I couldn't think of a better way. I know what you mean though. Yeah. This, I'm really into this like sleazy seventies look. Yes. This kind of like Ben Cobb sort of started that. Ben Cobb, who's the editor of uh, The Other Man? Or yeah, Another Man. Another Man, yeah. And he's, I like his style a lot, so. Yeah. He was kind of like been my muse a little bit, but I, so I've been really into this like sleazy 70s swagger vibe, and nobody does it better than Donald. Yeah. So that he's got like the double Tiffany's gold chains with the wife beater, and then like a Gucci velvet peak lapel blazer <laughs> it's, oh, that's so it's like a tux blazer it's the one button it's kind of nice too because it calls back to like his first look we ever did together which was at the golden globes when he wore that brown velvet gucci which like totally blew up overnight yes too. it was i mean everyone like, was like velvet tux people were freaking out yeah it's like, it was the color it was that tobacco it wasn't even a tux it was a suit Oh. And I just threw a bow tie on it. And I was like, like, now it's a tux. <laughs> you, you have now been christened tux. You know, it's well, I think what's the most fun for my for me right now at this place in my career is I have awareness that I've gone to a certain level of success with menswear or styling. Mm-hmm. So now I have this place of feeling like I can just make up all the rules that I want. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's kind of how it should be though, right? Yeah. I mean, and even in, in menswear and all of the Every article that's trying to tell you how to dress, it always says, like, you should understand all these rules. And when you're okay with it, then you can experiment. For sure. I think yeah. if you know them really well and you're super familiar, then you can break them. But because then it's intentional as opposed to a mistake. Right. So uh, this, I dress this kid, Nick Robinson, who everyone loves right now because he's like in that movie, Love Simon. Mm-hmm. He's so great. And he is um, going to the Met Ball with Prada. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how about we do like a rebellious Catholic Catholic school situation? I put him in like these big Doc Martin combat boots, which are his boots that he traipsed all over Europe in, and he's wearing them with his like Prada tux. It's such a cool look, but like it's that kind of stuff that you can do after you've done this for a while, you know? Right. Versus, I think in the beginning maybe I'd be more nervous to do something like that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I maybe not. I never cared. I think because I was styling was never or even fashion was never my first intent like my first choice as my profession right i always approached it with a little bit of like "Eh, who gives a fuck (laughs) and so i that that little bit of rebellion of like not being afraid uh, makes it makes me just feel like i can do bolder things and i think that served me pretty well yeah and obviously probably makes you attractive and for other clients and prospective clients that you are not so much bound by, oh, I only work with this designer or I only, you can work with anyone and you also want to push risks and take risks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I kind of look at it like, you know, I never want anybody to not feel like themselves or not feel like any comfortable. So I have this rule of like, you know, you don't have to wear it, but you have to try it on. That's Mm. kind of my rule because a lot of times they try it on and then they're surprised by how good they look in it or how much they like it. But on the hanger, they're like, oh, I don't know. So that's my rule. Like, you don't have to wear it, but just just try it. 
Just right. try it. And then if you don't like it, I'll never force somebody to wear something outside of their comfort zone, you know? But how you push them into that a little bit is like at least put it on, walk around in it, see how you feel, you know? Right. Sometimes I'll pull the old, have I ever led you astray? <laughs> have I ever done you wrong? I don't know how I feel about I have this. To, I pull that card out. Of the, <laughs> I save it for special occasions. When I'm really feeling strong about an outfit, like I'm just so sure that that's the one. And they're, and they're like, oh, I don't know. That, every once in a while, I'll pull that card out. And then they're right. and they're always like, no, never. You never have. So. so, I mean, I was curious. So as you like are growing your business, so you're working with Bradley Cooper, you basically get baptized by fire into being his stylist for the hangover. Yeah. And things go from there. I mean, were you do you like build a storage warehouse for all this stuff? Because I mean, on your, I have your Instagram, there's always like tons like 10,000 suits behind you i yeah. know it's, it's funny <laughs> no it's at my house i have a studio at my house and i, I probably shouldn't be advertising this but it's fine i have a studio at my house and my garage is storage it's just gotcha my garage looks like a men's department it's really really organized it's literally wall to wall to wall to wall up and down shoes and mm. then the middle is all rack 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 racks and it's all by size by category super organized and then go upstairs where the studio is which is supposed to be like some i guess it was a guest house gotcha but it's my studio now and there's a little kitchen a little bathroom and a shower and closets and it's just wall-to-wall racks and then we do it we have our little desk and that's where we work that's amazing that's where the magic happens and it's just you and your best friend or do you no, have a... no, my best friend's not my assistant anymore. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. No, my best friend's a wardrobe <laughs> designer now. She's very talented. No, I have assistants. I have like a whole team. I have three assistants and like three interns. Holy moly. You think I do all this by myself? I have I don't 45 know. clients. I'm already like 45. blown away by the amount of stuff that you're able to do. I just figure you're superhuman here. <laughs> well, I also have a daughter. So, you know. Yeah, and a parent. I'm a parent now. This yeah, is not easy. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So no, and then not you know, and I'm doing all those like collaborations too. That's really the most fun right now for me. Yeah, and that's actually what I wanted to jump to. So obviously, you kind of get every A-lister in Hollywood, and now I mean, one of the recent things that you had is you had this uh, collaboration with Strong Suit. Yeah. So how does how did that come about, and what is that? What did that look like? Well, for one thing, I'm literally just whoring myself out for collaborations left and right all the time. Not really. I mean, I'm picky about who I work with, but I'm always like, whenever I like a brand, I'm always like, want to do a collab? Want to yeah, do a collab? Because you That's did one with Eddie thing. Bauer. I did one with Eddie Bauer. Yeah. And actually, I so that Eddie Bauer was interesting because I went into my agency and I was like, I want to do a collaboration. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit early on too, when not a lot of people were doing collabs, like the stylists sure. weren't doing that so much, and. They were like, okay, what do you want? I made a list. And at the top of my list was Eddie Bauer. I don't know why. I just was, I wanted a brand that had heritage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to, I I had done a suit line with Albert. So I didn't want to do a suit line again at the time. That's right. I wanted to do some kind of adventure, like, you know, kind of workwear. Not workwear. You know what I'm saying? Activewear? Sure. Is that what it's called? Oh no. Anyway, Outdoor wear. And I, I liked the idea of a brand. It had a lot of heritage and I really respected the brand. I liked that it'd been around a long time. I had read up about Eddie, you know, Mr. Bauer and his wife Stein, who I was very in awe of as people and pioneers of their industry and stuff. So they mm-hmm. were at the top of my list, uh, of a long list. And we pitched out, we went out to a bunch of people and originally Eddie Bauer passed. This is like the story of my life is people passing and then me being like, okay, let's try this this other way. Um, 
no just means try harder, right? Isn't that the expression? I, that's how I get people <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> and so I, um, so then the marketing team, Freddie Bauer, was like, oh, wait, wait a minute, fine, yes. So yeah. then I went in, and I had to walk into this, like, giant room with, like, you know, those, like, long conference tables. And oh, there's, geez. like, 10 executives. Yeah. And I'm sitting there being like, so I had a dream about a green jacket <laughs> with a gold zipper. And they were like, okay, that jacket actually made it into the line. And actually that dream informed all of the zip, all the hardware in the line is all gold and kind of thick like that. And Yeah, because you did I like literally a, had a dream about that jacket. Like I just, I have dreams about clothes all the time, which is weird. I used to keep. I don't oh. always remember them, but I remember them sometimes. But I have dream dreams journal? about, I don't, and I should because I do about some pretty amazing clothes that I should write down. Yeah. But I find it a little pathetic that I dream about clothes. I'd like to be. <laughs> I'd like to think of myself a little bit. Well, it's your craft. more intellectual than that. No, I mean, I, obviously, I like, you like I think back to the twenty-three-year-old in that shitty apartment who wanted to be like Hemingway. Yeah, <laughs> well, funny like, enough though, because Hemingway was, I think, known a lot, obviously, for his writing, but for his style too. He had great style. He did have great style. You know, we named in the line for strong suit. We named. I named every suit after my favorite character. Oh snap! Yeah. I didn't even realize that. So there's like the Kilgore. The Kilgore Trout. Yeah. And then apparently, I couldn't call it the Kilgore Trout. I had to be the Kilgore for legal purposes. So weird. Yeah. There's who else? There's um, the Howard or is the Rourke? I don't remember. Howard Rourke is my favorite. Fountain has my favorite book. Right. And then there's um, I try to do a lot of alter egos. So I did um, what is it? What Salinger's alter ego? It's Buddy. No, Seymour. Seymour. Seymour Glass. Yeah. See more glass. <laughs> anyway, but so I did. I named them all after all these characters and stuff. Right. So you do the Eddie Bauer collab? Yes, I do the Eddie Bauer collab. It was really successful. We did a second season. Yeah, it was great. I was a little disappointed because the second season they wanted me to do women's, and I wanted mm. to do men's and women's. And they were like, "Let's change it up." And I was like, "Let's." Oh, do women's both. exclusively. Yeah. Pardon me. Okay. Which I thought was a little bit of a shame because I had so many, like all my male clients still to this day wear the Eddie Bauer stuff. Yeah, that parka is sick. Oh yeah, and that, that the parka. bomber jackets. Mm-hmm. I see all my guys. You know, and actually, randomly, the field jacket that we did like army if you look at his instagram every single photo of him he's wearing that jacket oh wow. like i see that jacket the most on all my clients joel edgerton who's also my client i forgot to mention and joel kinnaman speaking of the joels jeez anyway <laughs> this is gonna break the liner notes of the whole like podcast it's like she's the client i'm just like uh and more here's link <laughs> <laughs> but so that jacket is kind of the one everybody wears the most so i was and i didn't expect that i wish i had done known that i would have made more of them you know what i mean so right. i'd like to do another line with eddie bauer at some point in other men's we were still in talks about it anyway and then i did a collab with mont blanc yeah uh we did a bag like a like a luxury bag a travel mm-hmm. bag just gave one to Dwayne the other day. Mr. Rock. Mr. The Rock. Because the GQ wrote up his amazing like airport outfit, but then like was poo-pooing his bag. So I was like I texted him, I was like, it's time to get you a new bag. Oh, because they were talking about the, the Todd Snyder. Yeah, the Todd yeah. Snyder camo airport outfit. Todd was just on here. I love Todd. Yeah, he's a good guy. Todd and I have known each other a long time because I used to sell his stuff at Confederacy. Oh, dang. So yeah, it's nice. I have these relationships with like Michael Bastion and Todd and People like that that I've worked with in Simon that I've worked with for a long time because of Confederacy and that led really well into like what I do now with styling, you know, because I have all these relationships with people that I genuinely really like. Yeah. It goes to show you too how small the industry is. It is. It's small. I mean, I always try to tell people and like, you know, I mean, I'm not really anything, but people be like, oh, what are stuff? I'm like, just be nice to everyone. 
do not absolutely rip on people and burn bridges because it is so small. Well, and the styling world has evolved a lot in that sense because I remember kind of like the earlier generation of stylists were all known for sort of being like super competitive, super bitchy. And I mm. feel like me and the current stylists that are working a lot, like Carla Welch and mm -hmm. Wendy Nicole, Samantha McMillan and Elizabeth Stewart, like we're all friends, like super good friends. We're all in like a text thread. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's, it's all fire. of them. And uh, I know people would love to be on that thread, I think, because it's hilarious. It's just us bitching about <laughs> everything all the time. And um, Gene Yang is on there, Tara Sweenan. And we're all in this giant text thread. And we're, sometimes we'll be like, hey, do you have a contact for this PR person? And sometimes it's like, can you believe that publicist said that? That's what, that, Hold on. That's great. Yeah. Because great. I think... Especially, We're all really supportive of each other. Yeah. It's, like Carla did that collab for Haynes and I, mm -hmm. I wear her stuff. I have them right now. The Carla Haynes yeah. Bieber shirts? Yeah. Those are fire. I love them. Yeah. But so we, I think we're all very like, we really have each other's backs and stuff. And um, it's a different, you know, I think the whole sort of catty situation in fashion that you kind of saw in the like early like 90s tv shows is 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 mostly gone i think like your, i the see Rachel some Zoe of the older sort of stuff where everyone fought with each other on but i mean it was reality tv yeah but, but that's like, reality tv yeah they're telling them to do that they're creating that situation i don't know how real any of that is but yes that kind of like bitchy catty thing is done you yeah. know and thank god for that and the publicists too i feel like the whole like cliche of the bitchy publicist is starting to fade out. And maybe it's just because now I've established myself, but they were like, if my life was a TV show, when I was starting out, the publicists were the, the, the nemesis. Like they were the, what do yeah. you call it? Um, the enemy. The, they were like the, what's the word? Whatever. They were the bad guy. The antagonist. <laughs> the antagonist. Oh, okay. That's like literally. And now I feel like they've really, calm down there but for the most part super nice although i'm still shocked so i got a call last week from a publicist like just being super complimentary and i literally was just sitting on the phone with my jaw to the floor really yeah oh that's awesome you don't get that a lot though it's a lot of like i'm always like kept thinking in my head like you know we're all on the same team right yeah and i think we i want the if... same thing all we want is for our client to succeed yeah look great I have a few pieces of clothing I will always own no matter what. A white tee, jeans, and my Birdwell swim shorts. Birdwell Beach Bridges are the original California board short. Founded in 1961, surf mom Carrie Birdwell Mann turned her tiny California home into a sewing room, launching Birdwell and creating one of the first surf shops. Guess how much their product has changed since then? None. They're perfect and are made the same way they always have been, hand-cut and sewn in their Santa Ana, California factory, where some of their craftspeople have been for over 40 years. My favorite part? Your birdies are guaranteed for life. I've had mine since 2005. I don't know what else I've owned that long. And their signature Surf Nile fabric has held up across the countless beaches and pools I've been at, and I am hard on my stuff. Right now, Birdwell is giving Blamo listeners 10% off their first Birdwell Beach Bridges purchase. So go to birdwell.com and use discount code Blamo at checkout. Spend over $100 and shipping is free. So go to birdwell.com and use discount code BLAMO for 10% off your first order. I wonder if some of it has to do with the fact that maybe like the the democratization of digital media. I mean, like for me, 
when you think of Instagram, yeah. stuff like that, like your Instagram presence is massive. And there are a lot of people that I didn't know that you worked with <laughs> right, if yeah. it wasn't for me following you. Yeah. And, you know, it's crazy. I will yeah. say, like, as much as like part of me hates the whole social media thing, I do play that game and I think I play well and I, it's done a lot for my career. Yeah. It's like Instagram's definitely done a lot for me. In, in what way, if you don't mind? I, I just think because I believe like outflow equals inflow. And I think you're just always like that's the sort of motto of mine as far as like uh, the more you put out there, the more you kind of get in, you know. And, right. Like, you know, it's that rule. Like if you're having a party and you want to like the PR thing is if you want to have 500 people show up, invite a thousand people. Right. <laughs> it's this idea of just like always as the more you put out, the more you come comes in. Right. And I think yeah. Instagram is a really good way. Of just like, and then whatever, you know, in the last decade when you, people would send like bulk mail to like promote something, and you know, the more letters you send out, the more people show up. You right. know, this is like a business thing, okay? <laughs> and I'm making it up, I'm not explaining <laughs> no, it well, I, but I I'm totally not making understand it up. what you mean. And I feel like Instagram does that where you can just, it's so easy to reach so many people and to sort of promote yourself in that way. And like you said, like I get to be like, look, I worked with this person, this person, this person. Like most people wouldn't be aware of me or who I work with or what I'm doing or what they're wearing. Right. It's great for the brands because you get to put credits on there. Yeah. And then, you know, for the Todd Snyder thing, a perfect example, exactly. you have that listed and that, that jacket sells out. You know? Well, yeah, like I put it on, I put that outfit on the rock on Instagram and I credit Todd Snyder and then GQ runs it and they know it's Todd Snyder because I, they write it on my Instagram and then Esquire runs it and they know that it's Todd Snyder because it's on my Instagram. And then there's literally like two love letters to that outfit on GQ and Esquire. Like that was crazy. That was so random. Like yeah. This random airport outfit. But that, I mean. You, you just know. never know. It's a good shot. Yeah, it was, it was a great shot. And also. Walking in the foggy <laughs> night, coming off his private jet. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but Instagram's also him. kind of fun. And yeah. I try not to take it, like, too seriously. I don't overthink it too much, you know? Yeah. But. I mean, I mean there's. Uh, with, and also with the stuff that you're on there, it's, it's good for what you were doing with Strong Suit. Because I. You know, I mean, obviously, right. like you I got become... to promote the strong suit like crazy on there. This yeah. is what I'm saying. Outflow. There you go. Inflow. <laughs> and so it's like the more you, the more people you can reach the information out to, the more people will come and shop. Yeah. If I tell 20 people about the suits, maybe you'll get two people that come by them. But if I'm telling my like 130,000 followers, then maybe I'll get, I don't know, a thousand people that come by. Them. Go. I'm sure you have a better conversion rate than that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to sound cocky. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but you know what I'm saying. So yeah. That, you know, I think it's such a good tool for that way. But it's also brutal because actually, I will say on my Instagram, people are very nice. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I don't, I've followed I don't, you for a while. I don't see many people who I are. Don't. But also, I have a rule hating. that if you put even one remotely negative comment, you get deleted. Oh, damn. Not blocked, but the comment gets deleted. Oh, deleted. That's, I don't let it live there. That's pretty fair. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, because I know you wouldn't say that to my face. <laughs> so if I'm like, you would never say this to me. Nobody would ever come up to me and be like, I like the shirt, but I hate those pants. I'm uh. like, cool. Good to know. Thanks. Bye. Delete. Yeah. I'm like, where's your big voice now, huh? <laughs> that is interesting. I like, the, I like the delete because I don't engage. I don't, I don't fire back because it's all they want. It's attention. Yeah. So I just take their voice away. I'm like, delete. No, I think that's a smarter move because sometimes I'll get like, there's a lot one, of haters out I'll there. Get a, I'll get someone being like, oh, you can't take like a constructive criticism. You deleted my comment. And I'm like, mm, it's not constructive criticism if you're like 
I don't know you. Or if you comment on Instagram, it's not constructive criticism. It's not constructive criticism. <laughs> and also, like, I, I I don't just need the negative thing. Like, you have no idea what went into that outfit or what the work that went into. You had no idea that I was on a boarding an airplane when I got the call two minutes before takeoff and we had to scramble to get this outfit together. Like, you don't know. Like, when you want to come and do my job and do it well, then you can give me constructive criticism. That's very fair. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, the, the, again, like the amount of work that has to have to this, I mean, especially because people are trying things on and by God, you have to get it tailored to fit them. It's not like it's, it. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. Like half the jobs we find out like a day before. Jeez. I mean, really, like we'll find out about a press tour like two days before. I need 16 looks. Go. Yeah. 16. I wish. It's like 30. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Because like the whole thing. A lot and then of you have to tailor and now. luckily I have a tailor who's like a miracle worker and can turn something around in an hour. Oh, there you go. I mean and 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 I've tried other tailors and they're like, I need two weeks. I'm like, ha ha ha. Nope. Yeah, do you Try like again. keep one I guess? No, like- I have a girl Ella at House of Tailoring, who's a genius. Mm-hmm. A lot of Silas use her, a lot of people use her. I think I probably use her the most. I'm like definitely keeping that place okay. running. But um and I love Ella. She's literally like on my speed dial. There you go. It's like her and my mom. Um <laughs> uh, my assistant. Um but so yeah, no, everything gets tailored and then we have to refit it real quick and you know, it's a lot. And like I'm doing like, you know, I'll be dressing like 15 people in the same week while launching my suit line while trying to be a mom while going training every morning while you know it's just a lot i also people don't know i have other things that i don't talk about like i have a tv show in the running and i and not in the running in production pre-production and really yes it's i'm not talking about okay it's scripted okay show that kristen ritter and i sold oh that we developed that's amazing i'll talk about it when i can that's great yeah so there's all that kind of stuff you know there's a lot of projects going on i don't i like to do a lot of different things so i get bored but when, you so, get, when you get bored? I said, or I get bored. Oh, or you get bored. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the tough stuff about a lot of these things, too, I mean, it's great to see a little bit of, like, the wizard behind the curtain and what, what actually totally. goes on. And it's definitely inspiring, you know, for me and obviously for listeners to, to know, like, that you didn't just wake up one day and someone knocks on your door and says, you know, I, wanna, I want you to dress me forever. You worked and yeah, worked your way up through this. For sure. Do you ever see yourself maybe... It sounds like you want to do a lot of things all the time. I do. You don't ever see yourself just doing one thing? I don't care. No. I'm just curious. No way. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I like to keep doing collabs. I really like doing that. I love that. I like to keep doing TV development. Mm-hmm. I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, because then I get to write a little bit. I mean, even though I'm not the writer on the show, I still get to, like, have that part. And I could write, you know, if I want to. I do that a little bit still. and. I, um, yeah, I like styling. I, I think at some point I see me maybe taking on less clients at some point, maybe. Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, you it's said. It's not sustainable to do, f- to have 45 clients forever. No, probably not. Yeah. Especially with it, you know, you do day to day for a lot of these clients. Well, and they're, and it's funny, like, it's just been one of those lucky things where a lot of the clients I took on have blown up. Like, Chris Evans wasn't Captain America when I started working with him, like. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like every like there's a lot of guy like Alden Renwick I've been working for years. He wasn't Han Solo. 
Donald Glover even was was not where he's at right now. Like, right. I mean, I the couple guys I got lucky, like with Donald and Bradley, where I got them like the day before they blew up, literally, like things <laughs> like that. But, um, but, so they're all busy. <laughs> they're all killing it. So they're all doing a million things, and so it never stops. Right. Like, it's crazy. Like Will Arnett alone. I don't know. <laughs> Will Arnett never stops working. I'm always doing because yeah, he has his show. Him. He's got three four shows he's like doing the voice on this movie that movie jenny slate does the voice on literally every movie ever yeah um you know she's always got stuff going on and shaylene's always got some big trilogy or something (laughs) and you know and then yeah i've done i've done uh three captain america movies with chris three avengers movies with chris I've done two Guardians with Bradley and Avengers. Tom Hiddleston, we did. I know Tim. Tom Hiddleston, I started working with. He had the the Night Manager, I saw the light, and uh, Thor all coming out like back to back to back to back. Jeez. So you know, it, it gets to a point where I'm like, I don't even. I'm like embarrassed to ask for more clothes from brands because I'm, they're like. We don't have anything left. You, you actually have all of our clothes. <laughs> no, really. At this point, I actually, what I've been doing a lot is having brands just send me clothes to keep in the studio just to have on hand. Oh. So, like, if I find, especially if I find, like, a new, newer, kind of younger brand, mm-hmm. like a shoe brand that I really like, I'll just be like, here's five shoes that I really like. Just send them to me in every size. And yeah. I just hold on to them. Yeah, because the range of actors. It's just easier than going yeah. back and forth and yeah. stuff. and. And I get and I use the stuff that's there the most because again a lot of times I'll find out the day before and so I don't have time to get things shipped over you know from Europe. Yeah, I think like one of the things that's really great about like how you work with your clients is I don't think if I saw all them outside together I'd be like oh yeah that's Aloria like that's her or because they all looks- have the kind of individual style. That's, yeah, I think that's my number one priority is that that i that you don't look like actually somebody told me uh, like the, one of the publicists which is really nice who works on with alden on just we just did a press day for donald and alden on star wars i also work with the writer john kasdan oh, who geez. wrote the movie yeah um his father wrote like all the original yeah. star wars and he wrote empire yeah and so i'm um, dressing all three of them for can which would be fun to see them all in their different tuxes and they're all super different but yeah, somebody, the, the publicist was so sweet and she called me and she said it was astounding to look at these two people and think they were dressed by the same person because their styles can be more different. Because Alden is very kind of old school, James Dean, like a little like all American, right. rugged. And then you have Donald who's, you know, he's got his whole like, his whole vibe. Cool guy swag. Yeah, his yeah. whole swerve. Yeah. And so yeah, I don't like, I don't think that Donald dresses like Alden or Army or Bradley or any of these guys like Tom Hiddleston, they all look different and they all look like themselves. And that's sort of, you know, I also work with Riz Ahmed and he's got his whole look. Yeah. I mean, cause what's, I mean, I had told you earlier how I was messed around trying to do my own thing. And I found that I'm, I'm really good at dressing myself, <laughs> but I'm horrendous at trying to do that or with someone else, because I think that's, that's the key. And that's what I think makes a stylist so good is the fact that they look like themselves they look it's basically a you know yeah. turned up amplified version of what their style can be and i think that's what you're doing it's really really good yeah and it's been interesting trying to do that with menswear you know to right. try and sort of like 
play around with this idea that there's a lot of different ways for guys to dress well, that there's not just one look. And, um, you know, that's sort of like, to me, the superpower as a stylist is to be able to look at someone and figure out who they are, how they see themselves, how they want to see themselves, how they want to put themselves out there, and, like, what the best version of that is for each individual person and have it feel like their own look. You know, like, Dwayne has his whole... You know, The Rock has this whole signature look. We do a lot of tight knits. The guy never worn a tight knit in his life other than that, like, infamous turtleneck photo. Yeah. With the fanny pack. Yeah. No, but, you know, um, I think people, I just have a different way of kind of looking at people. Like, I think people look at The Rock and they're like, oh, he's a big guy, so here's some baggy clothes. And right. And for me, I just look at it the opposite. You know, I just think, like, here's a big guy. Let's, like, he's all muscle. He's got, like, 0% body fat. I know. He let's, works out let's, let's more give than him he does like anything. A, tight sweater you know what yeah. i mean i don't know it's just interesting you know i'm and tailoring such a big thing for me right I'm such a psycho about it even at prada yesterday in the fitting with nick for the met ball they were a little bit looking at me like you fucking nazi because <laughs> <laughs> i was like a little more here a little more there a little shorter here a little tighter there I mean, and that's that's the the craziest thing about all this is, at least for me, and and I think you do. Like I was saying, you do a great job of avoiding this, or you know, I mean, I I'll read, you know, someone's like, oh, they someone could have done this better, and it's like they're just trying to get attention for, you know, a criticism or something like that. And you know, I mean, what what's nice about working with men's, and I've talked about this before, is that they don't get picked apart in the media the way women do. And I kind of wish that would change for the women. Yeah. Like, it's rare. Like, with men, usually they get written up if people like their outfit. Like, if GQ's like, oh, that guy was really well-dressed, they'll write up, like, a whole thing about it. They rarely write up a whole thing about how a guy was badly dressed. Yeah. And with women, women get, like, on worst dress list, and they get really picked apart. That's really... And it's a shame. And, and I think that... I think... I'm surprised that hasn't been a bigger part of the conversation in this whole... Me Too movement. Me Too movement. Because that seems like the biggest... Like a pretty big double standard. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those. Like, how is it okay within the, within everything that's happening right now, within the conversation that's happening with equality, and no one's going like, "Oh, it's weird that it's still okay to like put a woman in a magazine and be like, she's this, she's that, she looks fat, this and that." Like, how is that okay? That's it's so a, crazy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think and people just don't think about it. Yeah, because the they're so Wolf used to it. Was like the uh, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times. She was. You know, when Michelle Wolf, the comedian who did the White House press correspondence dinner, she ripped on um, the Sarah Huckabee and she said that like she burns ashes to like make a smoky under eye or she her she burns like the ashes of her lie paper or whatever, make her smoky under eye. Jesus. And, yeah, which it, it was pretty harsh i mean it was a comedian trying to make a joke i'm not taking any side sure Please don't and tweet i think me. comedians like they get a different pass on things yeah and i think the minute we start like trying to you know like cock block what comedians say that we have a problem i agree i think in general we definitely live in a society that's way too sensitive way too politically correct like to me that's all super fucking boring i don't like i yeah. don't get down with any of that but i do think but i don't like hypocrisy and i do think that if we're gonna do this whole like big thing about you know all yeah. this stuff then i think we also need to talk about how we're picking women's outfits apart like it's yeah. just crazy and like it's things again like you would yeah. never say that to that person's face ever nobody would ever go up to like 
so-and-so actress and talk about how she looks fat in her dress. Yeah, or three women in the same dress, and it's like, who wore it best? It's like, they I, all That's the worst to me. I, I love that. With men, I don't worry about any of that. Like, sometimes, somebody, some PR person emailed me the other day, like, not some PR, she's a nice person, but she was like, hey, do you sure you want this suit? Someone wore it. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here? And like, Bradley, if you look at Bradley, he'll wear the same fucking suit 80 times. Yeah, I actually one time tried to suggest to him that he shouldn't wear a suit because he had worn it before, and he looked at me like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And he was right. It's a crazy, it's crazy, and we also like again going to talk. talk we're talking about the economy and all these things, and you can't wear a dress twice. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because also like how I don't know, even feel are... like I can wear things twice because of Instagram sometimes, and then I'm like, "What is wrong with you?" Shut you can up. do whatever you want. Yeah, and I think that's tough because yeah, if you're especially if someone you know, a celebrity or someone it's who's so just stupid. getting picked apart all the time. Yeah. People, I mean, I've worn these jeans a lot. I wore this outfit yesterday that right. I'm wearing right well, now. Well, there you go. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> I just went boxing. I'm like still sweating even though I showered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what you brought up was something I didn't really think about and now I feel pretty embarrassed that I didn't ever think about that but anyway. But nobody does. I brought it up in an interview in Wall Street Journal recently and people were acting like it was literally the first time it had ever been brought up, which made me happy. I was like, cool, yeah, I started a conversation. But like, I was like, what? How is this not... How yeah. is this new? Like, I don't understand that. But yeah, men just don't get picked apart that way. Sometimes somebody will be like, oh, his tie's too long or some shit like that. But uh, Whatever. I know. I'm also like, get a life. I think it's cool. You can also always fall back on the fact that, one, you're Italian and, like, Italians do it better. I mean, every, <laughs> in, in, in every, I'm Italian, but I'm, like, not cool enough Italian. My grandpa was from Abruzzi. It was Pichano, but I'm nice. not, like, OG. Right. Um, I can't speak Italian. I'm like a true Roman. Like my both my parents were born in Rome. Both my grandparents were born in Rome. See, that's fire. My urbanati means of the great city or something like that. It means like it's like comes from the word urban, which means yeah. like of Rome. There you go. <laughs> we are like as Romans all the way through. Well, and like all you know, for especially for my menswear. little sister was baptized at the Vatican. Really? Uh huh. Can you do that? I can't, I don't know. I gotta gotta know some people. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess pull some strings. <laughs> I don't it's know. Like, my grandpa apparently knows some people. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> but like with men and you know all the traditional like best dressed guys, you know most of them were Italian. I mean, like Gianni and Yelly is like. I still love looking at. Yes, he's amazing. Yeah, and all the guys, all the French guys are good too. Like Alain Delon, I love. Um, I look at him a lot for like Marston because they kind of have a similar look. Right. But um, but you know. I um, I look. I still look a lot at like the guys at Milan Fashion Week and stuff for ideas. Yeah, I was gonna say, are there any? And that's when all the guys are peacocking. Yeah, you know, because there's there's Pizzi Womo in Florence, which yes, is twice which a I year. love. Yeah, and that stuff is it's like, hey, that's what where if I we... see like all the Ben Cobbs of the world. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's basically everyone turned up past any it's level. A, they sometimes can. it's like, okay, everybody just calm the fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's, like, it's a lot. I like to like. I do like my guys to look just like a little more effortless than that a little bit. Yeah, I think those a lot of the stuff at PT has a tendency to look like. I too think purposeful. like for example, going back to that look we were talking about with Donald Glover at the Golden Globes and that brown velvet tux is. I think what worked about it, it a wasn't a tux, so it didn't have a satin lapel. It didn't have the stripe on the side. Oh, that's a good point. You know, like little things like that. Like I always like to take it down a notch. Or I like to take a casual outfit and dress it up and then take a dressy outfit and dress it down. Like, there's just little ways to do that. You yeah. Know? 
And I've really found myself, and I go through phases, like intense phases. Like right now I'm like an intense 70s phase. And that translates differently on every client. Like I don't dress Donald in the 70s look the same way that I dress like Dwayne in the 70s look. But it's, but it's, it's there. There's a thread throughout. <laughs> um, but then I'll go through phases. Like right now, I went through a really heavy phase of like tie, tie bar, pocket square. Now, if you really look at my Instagram... I don't know the last time somebody is wearing a tie. I was going to say, I haven't seen anyone in a tie in a long I've time. I've just stopped doing it. I just, I like a knit under a suit. Yep. I like, I like a button to the top, like an air tie. Yeah. I like I mean, with Remy, a couple a buttons lot. open down to there, a little, show a little chest hair. We're doing a lot of men's jewelry lately. Yep. Chains, rings, David Yerman and I, you know, really. There you go. I don't know him personally. No, but, <laughs> but I use a lot of their stuff. And um, I'm really heavy on the pinky ring because you can't do 70s without a pinky ring. Like a signet ring? Yeah. Oh, that's fire. All sorts of pinky rings. All kinds. You know what I realized, which is pretty dope? Um, so I watched this documentary on the Roosevelts. Yeah. And FDR would wear a signet ring, but he had his wedding ring because apparently if you wear a signet ring um, traditionally and you had a wedding ring, you would put it um, under your signet ring so he has two rings on Stacked. his pinky oh that's cool I yeah like it's that. pretty dope i mean the other day i don't remember who it was maybe rami and rami's like my little guinea pig he'll wear whatever i put like four rings on his hand oh really <laughs> yeah i'm just into the men's jewelry thing i don't go like chrome hearts vibe i keep it <laughs> i keep it clean you know what's funny is but i know I exactly like, what you mean by chrome hearts vibe. yeah i don't do that i don't i'm not into that i don't if i don't like want people to look like they're going on like a motorcycle ride but harry like, styles has a lot of rings harry styles has got incredible style yeah oh that sounded like I tried to rhyme, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but um, no, he does have amazing style, and he does the Gucci thing. I yeah. really like what I'm. I'm really enjoying my relationship with Gucci right now, because they don't dress a lot of people, and I have a bunch of people that you know. Tom Hiddleston is my client. He was in their campaign. Chris Evans was in their campaign. Now they're all about the the Donald, just oh, Donald, that's right? Not the Donald, because that sounds like Donald Trump. Oh yeah, we won't talk about him. No, that's fine. But um, but you know, so I have this fun relationship with them where I get to be like. Hey, can you make me this? And then they do. Wait till you see what Donald's wearing to can. Oh, jeez. And that was something where I literally sent them these photos. And I was like, I've been dreaming of this my whole life. Please make this. And they were like, okay. So I think that's the, one of the last things I want to talk to you about is as you, like, you know, have, have grown in not you just styling men, and, but like in what you like and what you like on men, yeah. I think what's really cool is you actually get to change the whole narrative of what men are wearing. Not just by who you're dressing, but you're also now you're with the people that are wearing it and then the people that are making it. And I think totally. that's really cool. I do a lot of custom, like a lot. Um, you know, like the, like Army's tux for the Oscars, that red velvet was Armani, was, tux, was a custom. I like to do that because then I get to pick my own fabrics. I get to pick the lapels. I get to pick the buttons. I get to pick all of it, like two button, one button, you know. Yeah, I mean, I worked at a men's clothing shop for a bit. And we had people who would come in with, you know, photos of Rami Malek. I hope I said his last yeah. name correctly. Uh, of like, how do I look like this? Oh, like he, oh, I, I think it. for like Mr. Robot, he had a, like a khaki tux or chino tux that you put him in. Or not tux, sorry, chino suit. You yeah, put yeah, I remember that with the black Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. That's the other weird thing is I remember every outfit on everyone <laughs> to every little everything. Like a client will call me and I, I know Bradley's closet by heart. 
like he'll call me. He'll be like, "What do I wear to this thing?" And I'll be like, "Okay, uh, three suits back. There should be like a green corduroy three piece Ralph Lauren that you wore to the GQ Man of the Year party." And he's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> 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 yeah, I. It's weird. And Rami, I remember that suit. It was Valentino. It was khaki, and he wore it with a black. Yeah, but uh, like Hawaiian print shirt. The, uh, I remember I put him in a red. That see, I told you I go through phases. I went through like a big like phase of making everybody look like they were in true romance <laughs> and rami wore this red sandro hawaiian shirt with these black trousers and i went into sandro like a few weeks later and they had the exact outfit on the mannequin they were like yeah people keep asking for that look on rami people love the way rami dresses he looks really really good by the way he's also one of my favorite humans of all time why is that if you don't mind because he's the fucking best <laughs> he's Sorry. so cute and sweet and lovely and funny and He's super supportive. I had my suit launched last week and he came to. Oh, that's awesome. He was basically like the unofficial host of the party. He was just like running around talking to everybody. Everybody like loves him. He's just so down to earth and he's so sweet. And, and it's so much fun to dress him. Because first of all, he's skinny. He'll wear it. Everything looks good on Yeah. Him. He's got that jaw. I mean, he's awesome. tiny, so we have to tailor the shit out of everything. But, mm-hmm. but he'll wear anything. He'll wear, like we just have so much fun collaborating. And he brings a lot to the table, like his own ideas and stuff, mm. too, of what he wants to do. And we have these like really in-depth conversations about his outfits where sometimes he'll be like, so my team wants me to look more classic because he was wearing that like crazy Dior suit to one of the award shows, I forget. And I was like, you're only going to be this young once. Don't you want to look back when you're a dad and your kids are like, look how fucking punk rock my dad was. It's and true. he's like, okay, you can't argue with that. <laughs> I could sell, you know. Would you ever put, you know, people in like old Tommy Nutter suits, like the leisure suit type thing, especially if you're going super 70s? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, I feel like that's not that I know anything, but I feel like that's what I, I keep a, a bunch of old Sears catalogs. Yeah. That I look through. You and do? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Like you see like dudes in yellow dickies. It's like, like the old Eddie Bauer catalogs. When I did the Eddie yes. Bauer line, I had to wear white gloves to go through all the old oh, catalogs. So good. There's, there's some incredible uh, yeah, like pictures in there. Big, you know, like uh, jean jackets, but they're rancher jackets with an, a massive oversized like uh, like fake fur collar. Yes. I mean that. Uh, shearling. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I love a shearling jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm kind of curious to see what I get into next. Like, because I went through a heavy 60s phase. Right. There was like, remember, like, Catch Me If You Can? Like, I love that whole look. Yeah. That whole, like, 60s short sleeve shirt. Like, that's a nice look for summer with the so, short like, Tom pants. Brown kind of looking stuff? Mm-hmm. Not really. I mean, yeah. Tom Brown's, a, it's almost like its own. Yeah. Deck. It's its, it's own, its own yeah. thing. It's its own. Stuck in time with phase. Tom Brown. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, but yeah, a little 60s like that. A little bit. I like it for summer a lot. The light colors, the shorter pants, the short sleeve shirt tucked in with a little skinny belt, you know, that whole thing. What are, this is, we're, we're starting to wrap up here. But what are your thoughts on the whole like dad style thing? And just, you know, you can say whatever you want, even though I'm wearing it. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. It's really okay. As dad style, but I'm not really that into it. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't really, I get it. I, to me, it just feels like some stupid hipster. <laughs> Not, no, it's okay. What about you? I like I like your shirt. Is that Gant? Uh, no. This is. I want to say it's an old Columbia knit. It looks like it's like, old like when Michael Bastion was doing Gant Rugger. Yeah. Um. No, I like it. I don't think that's that style. No, I'm not into the dad style thing. I. I don't. I get it. like to me that's just a hipster thing. What I don't like about hipster style 
is that they get off on like looking as ugly as possible and that's like oh, cool and i'm like that's not cool it's not it's it's lazy and it's compensating and i don't like it that's very that's a like girls will be like let me wear socks with oxfords and i have short legs and i'm gonna look even shorter and have this like awful like mullet haircut and i'm like cool you just made yourself so much less attractive yeah the geometry of of clothing is still really fascinating i'm not saying that like everybody has to be beautiful or whatever you know there's that i know what you mean about like you don't owe pretty to anyone and i love all that but i but i i don't know i think it's like the style is supposed to sort of I don't know if it's supposed to, but I, in my opinion, style should bring out like your sort of best version of yourself and it can be creative without being, I don't know. I feel like. No, I, to be honest, I think what you said makes a lot of sense. And basically yeah. from what it sounds and like I you're get saying. the whole like Vivian yeah. Westwood thing too, where you can kind of do like this punk rock thing and da da da. And like, that's not necessarily about being pretty. It's about, you know. Individuality. Individuality. And mm-hmm. I, so I appreciate that. It's not what I'm talking about, but this like effort of being like, let me like make myself way less attractive and that's like super cool and hip and i don't i don't get that i'm like why like i love what i love about styling like i'll get a guy that comes in and he just looks like whatever even a good looking guy he just looks like whatever bland good looking guy and then i put some outfits on him and all of a sudden i'm like oh you are suddenly attractive (laughs) you know and i look at men on the street and I just, I'll be driving in my car and I'll look at some guy in some baggy suit and I'll look at him and I'm like, if you only knew how much better looking I could make you just from clothes. Have you ever done that? Like approach someone on the street? No. Yeah. I do. I have, I approach, I mean, I approach people all the time, tell them their clothes are bad, but <laughs> <laughs> one of my best friends, every time someone's like, oh, how did you know I mean, he's like, she told me my hat was ugly. <laughs> i i definitely like don't mince words i i don't have a problem with giving my opinion i definitely that's fair do that's that. all right but i don't like really go up to strangers necessarily yeah like, i hey, do man, remember like trash i do remember going to the gq man of the year party and somehow just getting way too drunk Uh-oh. and i all my clients were there and i was going around going i dress you and you and you and you not you your suit's too big oh my god <laughs> Like a total savage. Oh, jeez. Just a maniac. Yeah. Don't, you know. All good. Yeah, all good. Well, this was a ton of fun. I'm serious. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be so candid and and, uh, tell me more about what you're doing. Is there any other stuff you want to add or mention before we wrap? I don't really know. I can't think of anything. No worries. That's great. That means we got it. (laughs) We got it. Thank you so much. It was good chatting. Bye. You've been listening to Blamo. Special thanks to the Bowery Hotel for hosting us. Our theme music is by Tan Lines. If you like this episode, there's plenty more to dive into at blamopod.com. Listen to Blamo on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, tell a friend and leave a review. It helps let others know and discover the show. You can follow us on Instagram at blamopodcast or send us an email at info at blamopod.com. See you next week.